0: Hi folks, and welcome to, well, not the February episode of Play the Buffet podcast, but actually a farewell episode of Play the Buffet, because yes, unfortunately this will be my last show, and really this is just a chance to say goodbye to anyone who's still listening. I'm going to explain a little bit about my decision, the reasons behind it, and um, where I maybe go from here. Um, But I wanted to give uh, a proper send-off to uh, something that I've really enjoyed doing throughout its sort of two incarnations so far. Who knows, maybe there'll be a third one day. Anyway, my name is still Giles Nicholson, I am still Giles Went West on Twitter, Xbox Live and PlayStation Network, but there will no longer be a Play the Buffet podcast or Twitter handle. I'm going to talk a bit about that now, so let's get on with that brief little show. So yes. Um, First and foremost, if you are still listening, thank you. Uh, Honestly, you're not, there's not many of you. So the first reason really for reassessing whether I should continue to do this is ultimately, I'm afraid it comes down to numbers. Um, If I had lots of time, uh, then I would still be doing this podcast, even with no one listening, because honestly, I've really enjoyed talking about gaming over the last, well, couple of years, really, starting with uh, Old Guy Gaming podcast and moving on to a sort of relaunch last summer, which, let's be honest, by all the sort of metrics of listeners, of followers, of interest, hasn't quite worked. So again, just going to be honest about that. Um, but also, yeah, as I said, if it was a roaring success, maybe I could have found a way to to make it work. But at the moment, unfortunately, it's just not viable. And the reason for that, essentially, is that I've got a new job, which is super busy. and finding, unfortunately, even a couple of hours to plan, record and then edit. And yeah, if you listen to this, you might be thinking, really, he edits this? I really do, um, to try and uh, keep it on track. Um, finding those three hours even once a month is just proving really difficult Um, and honestly that's kind of three hours out of my month that's sort of taking me away from playing games so the decision I was sort of making in the last couple of months has been would I rather be playing games or talking about games uh, in those few hours I'd love to be talking about games but I've got so little free time at the moment I actually just want to be playing Uh, And so with that in mind, I'm sure you'd understand as gamers, hopefully, if you're listening to this, or maybe you just need something to send you to sleep on a weeknight, um, then, yeah, I'd much rather be um, spending that limited time I've got actually managing to play some of the amazing games that I've got access to and I'm just not getting to. So that's the reason there'd be no podcast. Please keep following me on Twitter. Uh, Give me a shout on Xbox Live or PlayStation Network. I would love a game. Um, And who knows, maybe there will be some kind of new incarnation. Just before I go, though, I did just want to highlight really, well, sort of brings that to life. What have I been playing this last month? Honestly, pretty much nothing. Uh, I've been super busy uh, working really hard in a new job, getting up to speed. It's hard work, but it's fun. Um, And so I've just had so little time. Um, What I thought was interesting, though, so two things I thought I would share with you in this little mini episode number 1 I subscribed to PS Now PlayStation Now um I think I did it in the end around December I had a 12 month uh, code that I'd paid for from one of the you know prepayment sites bit of a bargain Um, I'd just been waiting to activate it because I thought it's got to be a good time. There's going to be games that I really want to play and I'm going to have some, hopefully have some time to play them. And I thought the Christmas break might be that opportunity. Um, Didn't quite turn out that way. It was really busy again. But also uh, I got to enjoy Last of Us Part 2. I played through quite a big sequence again, actually, um, having completed it on the PS4. I just wanted to see what it was like on PS5. Uh, which was really interesting, and I've got to say, I mean, it's still a great game. I'm not sure I'd want to put myself through those 25, 30 hours again. But, um, yeah, to play a couple of hours, just kind of get back with those characters and experience uh, really the first section of the game again um, was an absolute joy, and it was impressive to see how it ran on PS5. Um, But also I was expecting to play Mafia 3 uh, through PS Now, which was available I think it might have just gone off at the time of recording, but it was around February, March. It was going to leave the service. just haven't got to it. So again, subscribe to a subscription service, which I'm not necessarily making the most of. I really need to free up some time to play or maybe even rethink whether I do have time for this hobby at all. Um, I think the answer is yes to that one, don't worry, so that is the plan. Um, but yeah, so I haven't been playing anything on the PlayStation, literally haven't turned it on this month. Um, that's no criticism of the machine or the games, that is just an indictment of what I've been up to. Um, what I have been playing is still um, some stuff through Game Pass, really, really enjoyed Halo, got really into Halo multiplayer in particular over the last few months, um, and I've still played a bit of that over January. But I thought it was really interesting, what I've been mostly playing, is um, the Gunk on Game Pass. Um, And this was a game that I was really interested in, um, the more I saw of it in previews. Um, And I sort of suspected it might not be brilliantly reviewed, and in fact when it came out, I think it's hovering around the 70s, uh, maybe even the high 60s in terms of Metacritic. Um, And I can kind of see some of the criticism but to me this is exactly the sort of game I needed in January, um, I'm really enjoying the story, I like the mechanics, very simple, uh, it's mostly sort of explorations and very simple puzzles, hoovering up gunk with your, I don't know what it is, but your little gizmo on your hand, um, and it's a really pretty game for a tiny team who developed it. Yes, The animations are pretty um, basic, very wooden. Um, There is pretty much no kind of facial animation in the characters and so it, it is hard to connect with them as characters. I can again see that in terms of the the commentary, the reviews I've seen. Um, but generally, I think it's been an absolutely charming little game, and I'm pretty much at the end of it now. I thought I might finish it before this review, but again, just had a really busy week this week. Didn't quite uh, get the, say, this review, I think. I meant this episode, but you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, just if you're listening, if you've enjoyed my highlighting some of the smaller games or more independent games on games made by smaller teams, shall we say, um, over the years, over the months, then I would just add my support to the gunk. I would highly recommend it. Um, I've really enjoyed it. And it's been interesting. I've seen quite a lot said about how it is often um, people's sort of partner's favorite games. So maybe people who aren't necessarily into a, you know, hyper-competitive or hyper hyper-violent shooter, something like that. This is a really sort of chill game, just navigating this uh, island, navigating this planet, uh, cleaning up the gunk, and bringing back some really beautiful uh, scenery once you kind of clear a a scene. Um, And yeah, I'd highly recommend it. And honestly, that for all your forces, your Halos, Uh, all the amazing games that are being released that I've managed to not buy because I just (laughs) it would be ridiculous I don't have time um but for all the other things I could be playing I've been going back to the gunk and really enjoying it again maybe that talks to my the busyness of my month um and just needing a kind of chill explore type game but highly recommend it if you're in anywhere near the same sort of position that I've been in. So I did pitch this as kind of a mini episode and I just thought because it's the last time I'm gonna do this for a while I would just kind of give my thoughts on looking ahead uh, to well what I can see ahead anyway in terms of the next year or the rest of this year 2022. Um, First and foremost obviously you know if you're following you can see there's two things that i think are obvious about it one doesn't look like the supply of chips is going to get any better for a very long time which means that if you're in the hunt for a ps5 or a series x good luck i hope you manage to get hold of one if you really want one um but again a lot of the games still coming out particularly on playstation uh, have sort of pivoted to this um cross-generation um policy this cross-generation tactic and so again you can at least experience horizon grand uh grand turisme and uh, god of war uh, on your ps4 so at least you're not entirely missing out on these experiences interesting when you compare it to those original few months with ps5 exclusives um like um Dark Souls, uh, so Demon Souls, and uh, Returnal and Ratchet & Clank in particular in the first kind of six months, it doesn't really look like there's a big game coming out on PS5 that we know of anyway, and it's going to be exclusive. I'm not sure about Ghostwire Tokyo, that's something I should probably uh, check, but yeah, maybe that's maybe that's exclusive to PS5, but in general, um, if you're looking for one of those machines, fingers crossed you can get one but if you can't it looks like again we're sort of still in kind of cross-gen territory certainly on playstation um on xbox it's interesting they had uh stalker really stalker 2 was the big game lined up for the sort of spring uh, and it got pushed back to december so really there's not a great deal of again we're sort of a bit like last year it's a bit groundhog day we're back into this idea that um Xbox and Game Pass in particular are really relying on their third parties um, for the first half of the year. You know, towards the end of the year we should have Redfall which uh, I think is still slated as summer but everyone seems to think that means kind of September onwards with maybe a little delay. Uh, you've got Starfield which is you know going to be a huge story anyway one, one way or another either. It's going to be a, a massive another massive Bethesda phenomenon. Uh, Or if it tanks, uh, if it's not up to scratch, there'll be, I'm sure, loads of articles and podcasts about how uh, Xbox overpaid and, you know, another fail for Xbox, that sort of thing. I um yeah, I think it looks really interesting. I'm certainly going to play. Definitely my sort of thing. Um, And so Xbox, again, second half of the year looks strong. Um, But it'll be interesting what happens in the first half. And what they have done, and again, what is obvious, is they seem to be plugging uh, the gaps or pushing uh, Game Pass again very much with um, third parties. So, um, again, second year in a row, MLB The Show, uh, PlayStation-developed game, is going to be available day one on Game Pass. Uh, Have to pay full price over on PlayStation. Just an interesting wrinkle, not trying to start a fight or anything. Um, And also, there's already... um, Xbox have already announced a couple of other games that are going to come day one I think it was Crusader Kings 2 if I'm correct hopefully looks really good, Uh, looks really interesting coming to consoles for the first time, Um, so it'll be interesting how that works on Xbox or on a controller in general, Xbox or Playstation again day one game pass and also um, 2 Point Campus from the people who made 2 Point Hospital at Sega Um, again not a necessarily a blockbuster game but one that I know a couple of my friends really enjoyed Teebunner Hospital Um, and you know again day one another day one release from Sega on Game Pass so definitely something to watch going there over on PlayStation in terms of subscriptions you know all eyes are on what this project Spartacus turns out to be so my point really is for the streaming services again it's going to be a really interesting year i think particularly if PlayStation uh, does pivot uh, does kind of really significantly revamp its offering rather than just rebrand um and certainly the suggestion appears to be that's the case so interesting time, I'll be following it even if I'm not talking about it Um, please follow me on Twitter and I will be sharing my thoughts Um, and then just two other stories, again I thought I've got to talk about at least something uh, at least to some extent rather on today's uh, little chat I've got with you, so number one mentioned streaming services, Stadia looks like it is properly in the final death throes I think if you're a subscriber that's sad um, I think, you know, Google have this record of, of just graveyarding all kinds, a ridiculous number of projects they've sort of dabbled in. And um, when they closed their internal studios, I think the writing was on the wall. But reporting coming out this week is suggesting that they're not even really going to be focusing on the stadium name going forward. There's a, they're going to be pushing it to third parties as Google Stream has a technology that other developers and publishers can use uh, to stream their games so it does really feel like stadia is on its last legs that's interesting news for microsoft um, and again if it weren't for spartacus um, that's one of the big competitors really for xcloud uh, potentially going to the wire so interesting to see that again i think it comes down to the business model i think that when it comes to streaming if you've got a, a sort of rental or you can eat subscription model and that that uh, hence the name of the podcast obviously then that is something that consumers are interested in i think this idea of buying games that you can then stream and being at the mercy of what's about to happen by the sounds of it with google um, just isn't a viable business model so again we'll see if that's accurate or if this is just a one-off and then, last but not least, how could I be doing a games podcast without talking about the acquisitions that have gone on in January? Um, so are they not directly sort of related to the streaming services or the subscription services? You know, Xbox buying Activism Blizzard sorry, for, what was it, 60, 70 billion dollars is just obscene. What I didn't realize, which is fascinating, is the biggest cash purchase, not in gaming, but in the history, I believe. Um, biggest only cash purchase, which just shows how much money Microsoft is spending in the gaming world. It shows, as I heard on a couple of podcasts the last couple of weeks, I thought it was a good point. It shows really, Microsoft really putting money where their mouth is for Xbox. You know, they've said there was time, definitely not too long ago, um, when Microsoft were kind of questioning whether the Xbox business was worth keeping and um you know carrying on um and those days clearly have long gone Uh, this is a massive bet on gaming from microsoft not just from xbox um and yeah the amount of money they've put into that Again, what comes out of it, how long it's going to take to close. It sounds like it could take a year or so. Um, So we probably won't hear that much um, in terms of the impact of that deal. But it's clearly a huge, huge deal. And amazingly, that it sort of didn't seem to be leaked or known about by pretty much anyone. And then finally, last but not least, um, most recently, Sony buying Bungie. Uh, for just around three billion, which seems like a tiny amount, really in comparison. But you think Bungie really is just at the moment, anyway? It's just Destiny um, and their know-how and you know their team and everything. Not to dismiss that at all. Uh, they are apparently working on another IP, so you know those those games are coming. Um, but yeah, Sony buying Bungie is just. I mean, it's another of those interesting wrinkles, isn't it? We talked about. MLB The Show being on uh, Xbox Game Pass, being a Sony game. Uh, Obviously, because of the Bethesda acquisition, the timing, uh, PlayStation have had Deathloop and now Ghostwire Tokyo coming from Bethesda, owned by Microsoft, Um, but exclusive games to PlayStation. So we've got this really weird period of time where everything's a bit jumbled up. Um, But yeah, in terms of acquisitions, buying Bungie, who... You know, for a time were owned by Microsoft, creators of Halo, developed Halo 1, 2, and 3, I believe, while they were owned by Microsoft. And then when they were independent, but still linked, they developed uh, Reach and ADST before entirely spinning out. Um, Just really, really interesting, really interesting that Sony look like they are pivoting towards multiplayer, towards live service, towards all the things that Xbox have been doing focusing on really for the last few uh, years whereas xbox kind of pivoting towards sony and thinking about some big single player experiences not necessarily this in the same vein as kind of last of us and uncharted but um you know something like starfield is is a single player game um and you know with the strong single player focus hellblade uh hellblade 2 is going to be a single player game you know quite a sort of sony style uh uh, a third, per- third person adventure, so just interesting. Whereas the two companies have been quite different over the years, it feels like they're moving sort of towards each other with these acquisitions. Uh, and another fun wrinkle, which again I heard pointed out on I think by Jez Corden, which I hadn't thought about. Um, no, it was by Randall, but on the same uh, on the same podcast, Xbox Two and. Um, Bungie for a while were owned by Activision, weren't they? Destiny was owned by Activision, so uh, had Bungie, they previously owned by Microsoft, then owned by Activision, uh, they sort of bought their independence from Activision, had they not done so, uh, Microsoft would own Bungie (laughs) through the Activision acquisition which is not easy to say, late on a Sunday night, Um, but as it is, um, Bungie go to Sony, um, and yeah, the company that were the creators of Halo and worked so closely, it was such a big part of Xbox's real original success and therefore existence, are now owned by Sony, although are apparently going to be releasing games multi-platform, including on Xbox. So, interesting. Sony seemed to have bought them very much as a sort of strategic buy to get into online um, live service games and multiplayer. Um, but yeah, just interesting. It's a really fascinating time. And as someone who's interested in both the gaming and business side of the industry, um, it's exactly the reason I do these podcasts. But yeah, as I said, for now, this is going to be goodbye. Uh, i'm not really able to just give it the time and the dedication that i want to and therefore it just seems like the right time to um to take a take a breath i wouldn't say take a break because this is probably going to be the end for me for podcasting certainly for a long time um until i'm while i'm in this job anyway it's it's just not going to work in terms of practicality but i have really enjoyed talking to you whoever you are out there thank you for listening i really appreciate it um, please do follow me on Twitter. I'm Charles Nicholson at Charles Went West on Twitter, Xbox Live, and PlayStation Network. And until we meet again, cheers.